Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Manga Melee podcast. This week, we have a brand new thing to the podcast. We are going to be doing our first ever interview. And for our first interview, we have somebody very near and dear to my heart. We have somebody who's really starting to blow up on the in the anime rap scene, the quote unquote nerdcore scene, as some people might call it. We've got probably the best person at hooks in the nerdcore scene, I would say, and definitely the person putting the most effort into gaming that algorithm. <laughs> we got my boy Hastic. Fantastic. How are you doing today? I feel like there's not enough time to really go through the list of allegations at the end there, but you know, I I um I'm doing good. I'm I'm doing good. I just got off of playing Final Fantasy 13 and then writing a really spicy tweet. Um, yeah, I that, saw that. <laughs> Would you mind but, uh, uh telling the people what the spicy tweet was? Well, you know. Final Fantasy didn't really get good until 13. That's a... That's a... The audacity. The audacity. <laughs> Man, you know, you're lucky we didn't come here to debate Final <laughs> Fantasy. I'm glad. Because that's like the worst one is the issue. I mean, I understand liking Lightning, I guess. But... Yeah. I, I don't know. It sounds like someone's scared of a strong female lead. I like lightning. It's everybody else. It's really everybody else. <laughs> they gave they put a chocobo in his hair, man. Fair like, enough. But it was it was nest shaped. What do you expect? I don't know, man. <laughs> so you mentioned that obviously you just got back from playing Final Fantasy. And before you were uh before we start recording, we talked about how you were in a bit of a recovery stage because you've been doing quite a bit of uh like just going around recently. You were in uh Philadelphia recently performing with a few other big names in the nerdcore community. Who were you performing with and how did you uh enjoy that? Yeah, we were I was in Philly and New Jersey performing um in Midnight Mosh Pit with uh, Game Boy Jones, Slick, Ashton Lerald, Samad, Samad Savage, a bunch of people, Mir Blackwell. Um, then we had a convention performance where I performed with McGuire. And it was it was super dope. Um, yeah, I'm in a bit of a recovery. Those are expensive trips. <laughs> but yeah. it was it was super fun to do. Uh, I wasn't any performing any of my music. I was just doing my verses on other people's songs. But it, it was still a cool experience. And it was nice to see everyone pop out. It, it felt like a real sense of community, and I'm glad I was able to share in it. And what would you say is, like, your favorite part of touring? Just getting to perform on stage or getting uh, to go to a new city with your friends? Or <laughs> what would you say is your favorite part here? Yeah, I, I think for me, I just, I like being able to hang out with my friends, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. the, the performances on stage are cool um but uh, you know i uh, it's tiring um even yeah. just doing the one verse i did in my hoodie i was i almost died by the end of it i was like i have to do another one after this oh no um <laughs> but you know being able to just go different places because you know 
you don't get to travel a lot in life. But if your job is requiring you to travel, you know, that's fire. You get to travel other places and see things like there's a Dunkin' Donuts every five feet in Massachusetts or whatever. Oh, that man. one wasn't for the job, but that was a that was a nice traveling experience. Yeah, some beautiful. You gotta love the beautiful sights of New England, like uh, people flying Confederate flags on the back of their truck for some reason, and a Dunkin' Donuts every two two and a half miles, approximately. Yeah. To touch on a little bit on what you said before about just really getting to enjoy hanging out with like your friends and stuff like that that you've made in the community, I, I really relate to that as somebody who. I feel like you and I are really cut from the same cloth in that way and that we kind of grew up on the internet making friends like all over the world. Like yeah. not necessarily people that were close by to us or that we would get to see every, you know, every time that we wanted to necessarily, but still people that I feel like we have a very deep connection with despite the fact, which I feel like, our generation really grew up with that stigma around internet friends. Like, oh, you you know, you better watch out. You don't know if that's going to be some 40-year-old no man. man. <laughs> Asking for your credit card information. Yeah. And yeah. buy pics. Literally. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I 100% get that. Um, and, you know, you and I, we kind of run around in some of the same circles, too. <laughs> yeah. So... Both of you and I are correspondents on, uh, we'll say some uh, more like a stepsister pod. What do you say? <laughs> what do you say, anime? Not a sister pod because we're on the same it's network. A, it's a stepsister a pod. Stepsister pod. I've... Stepsister pod. What are you doing? Okay, that's oh, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, specifically, you know, I think the two big people that you and I kind of like have an intersection with are peter mcginn from what do you say anime that fucking guy and uh <laughs> of course young fooly chris sje chris has a and chris is somewhat i don't want to say like i don't want to toot his horn too much because everybody knows chris everybody loves that guy he's somewhat very popular arguably getting to legendary in the nerdcore community I with some of his stuff I feel like Chris would just out of I was talking to I don't know if it was Slick or Callan or someone. I was just like, yo, that he has something that just like he could go viral whenever the fuck he wants to. It's like, he knows how to do it. He knows how to do it every time. He understands it. And it's not even like an algorithm thing or no, anything. He just knows what people want to want. listen yeah. to or see. So it's crazy. How did you meet Chris, actually? Oh, well, that's a fun story. So um it's kind of also the the story of how i got into like where i'm at right now where i remember one time i i saw a meme on youtube and it was it was just some girls in a studio like anime girls in a studio rapping but clearly it wasn't them rapping like it was some official and i was like this is kind of funny but it's also kind of hard so i went on soundcloud and i typed in anime rap like meme anime rap and then the first song that popped up on SoundCloud was uh, Senpai. By that, was, that was the first one I ever heard from him, too. That yeah. is so goddamn So good. I put it on, and I'm listening. I'm like, wait, this is, this is, like, official. Like, not even on some, like, joke shit. Like, this is just hard. And I was like, oh, you could do this. So I tried it, and then I added him on Twitter about it. 
And he was like, this is cold. And I was like, oh. and I was just a little young fanboy at the time. And then randomly me, him, and a bunch of other people got put into a group chat. And that's when I first like talked to him directly. And that was also the formation of Otaku Wonder. A lot of those stories all happened at once. That's the- is that the uh, famous group chat? <laughs> Zawarudo. <laughs> That's not Zawarudo. Zawarudo was later. This okay. is, is the beginning of Otaku Underworld. Like I've heard, I've heard many a tale many from a various <laughs> people of that group chat. Various people. Um, yeah, I mean that's a group chat that exists. That's that's cool that uh you know you start off as a fan of Krissa though, and now you've been able to you know really both become a friend of his and a close collaborator. On yeah. his latest project, you were on a track called Gachi Akuda. Mm-hmm. Could you kind of walk us through your process and like putting that song together with Krissa and how you guys decided how you wanted it to sound, lyrical content, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So, um, Gachi Akuda manga series that's coming out that I really like. Um, highly recommend people read it if you haven't. Um, and Chris kind of like semi-regularly sends me like beat packs or stuff. We never normally get to this stuff in there or whatever, but you know, he sends it. And one time I, I listened to it just one day and I was, I heard one beat and I was like, Oh, I really like this beat. And I was like, I'm gonna steal it. And then I told him and then I, I started, you know, doing it. And, and Chris's beat selection, like very much is him in like, when I hear the beats, I understand why Chris attacks them the way it do, because I want to attack the beat the same way. It makes sense. So I started like right into it. And, I, you know, I was like, I'm kind of having like a Chris energy. So I was like, I want to get Chris on this. And I was like, what's the what's the new like, you know, because me and Chris don't see eye to eye on anime or manga a lot. But <laughs> yeah, you know, I think you're not the only person who would say that, actually. He's got some takes sometimes. <laughs> he, got, he does have some takes. Uh, so listen to anime talk if you want to hear those takes by the way yes sir <laughs> uh, great plug um <laughs> but yeah so i was like gotcha kuda is what we both invited to so i was like i'll make it a gotcha kuda song and you know it, it from there i was just like i had this verse i was like chris you want to message he's like i got you and then he snapped and i was like oh so uh, it started off as your song originally then yeah it did but um due to like the way that i put out my music right with like the visuals on youtube and stuff made more sense for him to just yeah because i couldn't really figure out a way to get interesting visuals of like manga i'm not at that level of editing yet into the video so i was just like chris i'm taking do you think at your level of like editing and whatnot that you have now you it would have been different if you were given the same opportunity do you think you might have still ended up giving it to Krissa? i think i still might ended up giving it to Krissa. i've gotten like a little better but it's not not that much better that song has such a frenetic pace to it too and like the beat is very busy i feel that mm-hmm. i i can i can see where you're coming from with that where it would have been kind of difficult to because your edits are extremely good and Thank you. you wouldn't want to do something that you couldn't do at the highest level like you wouldn't want to yeah. put a product out that didn't, wasn't representative of your other videos so mm-hmm. i get that yeah, yeah. 
That's cool though. And uh, what about what about Peter? How did you meet Peter? <laughs> oh, well, this is this is uh, it's a story of regret. Honestly, I uh, <laughs> if I could go back and redo it, I'd I'd have it other ways. But I um, me and Pete have a mutual friend and and you that Lynn who is yeah. the uh you know if president you're watching this, this network yeah, yeah resident of the network if you know uh if you're here you probably know who that is so I, I i saw someone i can't recall if it was in an episode or like in a comment somewhere but they were talking about anime that wasn't shown in and i was like oh my savior <laughs> holy shit someone who's watched like I think it was, it might've been Origaru. I feel like I want to say it was Origaru because I loved Origaru at the time. And I was like, I, I joined, I was like, I, I want to, you know, find out what they're doing. <laughs> and I found out they had a server. I joined and um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm that's here a, now. <laughs> that's actually really similar to my story with Pete. I started off in the Bros You Think server talking about like pretty much all the big Shonen stuff. And that server is a very heavy One Piece server, which uh, fans of the pod will know. I'm not a huge One Piece guy, although I did get the pass from Oda himself to just start reading from the final arc. So I'm probably oh. going to do that. <laughs> Don't kill me. Don't One Piece. say that out loud. I, I've said it out loud multiple no. times. If, oh. Dude, every all the One Piece fans I'm friends with, you. they go crazy. They go uh. rabid when I say it. But Oda himself said it was fine. He said it was cool. He said it was valid. I heard him. And basically one day I was just like, I started listening to What Do You Say Anime? And I thought, okay, this is fine, I guess. I think it was their episode on like tropes or something like that. Mm. And I heard Miles talking about like sounding intelligent as Miles is one to do. <laughs> and I was like, hey, you know, that sounds like something that I would actually be kind of interested in discussing. So I asked Pete if he had a uh, server. I joined it and, I, you know, the rest is history. I honestly don't think I would have this pod if I wouldn't have joined What Do You Say Anime because it showed me just how eat like not to say that, you know, what it's easy, you know, yeah. it doesn't take work or anything, but it showed me how like simple it is to just like get on a mic, have a good discussion with people about things you enjoy, basically. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say with it. Like Pete, I feel like that's why like Pete and Lynn are so important to like, I guess, kind of the small circle of the anime community we're in in general. Yeah. Like it, they inspire people to like try new things, try out new create, creative uh, outlets and stuff. And, you know, that's you and Krissa too, actually thinking <laughs> about it like. I love seeing just the intersection of anime and these other passions that we all enjoy so much. It really shows like mm -hmm. how much this medium has affected us. And, you know, sorry to kind of ramble a bit, but nice. this segueing into my next question. Obviously, you take quite a bit of inspiration from Animanga. What yeah. are you, what things would you say are your biggest inspirations? Like what? things in that sort of realm would you say are your biggest inspiration and what are some things that you think you you want to rap about more but you don't quite you don't know if your audience would understand you know you yeah. essentially something you want to be more mainstream that you want more people to talk about 
in the nerdcore community, either as a listener or as a rapper? Yeah. Um, I mean, my biggest influence, right? Like, obviously, I think right now is Human Echo. Um, yeah. That's just that's just something that's taken over my life. Shout out Miles uh, for for sending me down this rabbit hole. Um, and I'm stuck here now. And I just randomly start thinking about it when there's nothing else to think about. Um, but also, like, it, it's hard because I, I couldn't tell you if these shows influenced the way I viewed anime as a whole or like just who I was attracted me to them naturally. You know what I mean? Like, was I affected or is it because I already was like that, that I, but like all the etchy stuff of like early two thousands, like Rosario vampire girls, Bravo air gear, that Picky stuff. Picky Tosin. You know what I mean? Um, mocking key, all that stuff. I, it really, it did a it did a number for my influences. Um, and I, I'll be honest; those are probably just the two biggest influences, which are very different from each yeah, other. But yeah, but <laughs> one of them is a very well constructed, thought out, you know, mystery thriller, and the other is strong women fighting. Could you genre. kind of give? I know this is difficult with a series like this. Could you give like a slight? TLDR for our listeners at home who might not know what Umineko is. Yeah, so Umineko is... Um, Sorry, Umineko. That's my... Yeah, I don't... Maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. You know, the American me. Hey, you're the know. expert, not me. <laughs> I, I'm the expert. I don't know about all that. But I, uh, it's the sequel series to Higurashi, which is probably a bit more popular, um, where both of them are mystery um horror series that are focused on um sort of meta commentary in a way i would say meta commentary on stories as like a whole how they're consumed how they're twisted uh and I, i i it has a lot of messages in it that i think are relatable to everyone like and probably things you know tackles a lot of subjects that we don't normally see like um there's you know gender identity in in it and um just like you know trauma stuff and i I really like the way it was all handled but that's that's the tldr i can't get too far into it yeah it's a a lot lot. of it is a lot of it too is also based on you know it's almost a one-on-one experience with the writer where Mm -hmm. they're kind of toying with you through the story it's very fun so give it a read if you have if you have a few hours what do you think is like the main issue when it comes to like because light novels and visual novels are so like less popular than anime and manga mm-hmm. especially in the nerdcore community yeah. when it comes to references what do you think like the main barrier of entry for people like trying to get, we're not even trying. What do you think is the reason why people aren't quite as into anime or uh, visual novels and light novels as like anime and manga? Do you think it's just the like text-based format of it? it? It's definitely part of it, but I also think part of it is just now the way we consume media is 
um you know we, we multitask a lot more now like on a regular basis like oh yeah especially if you're you know into doing anything technology related which is it's only more and more people are getting into so sort of sitting down and reading something um just reading it seems like you know i could be doing x y and z right now and you know there's always a stories are very long generally so it's uh it's hard to convince people like you know you got to wait a little bit for it to get really spicy so yeah so it's a bit of a slow burn probably combined a bit with like a price entry thing for some people they don't mm -hmm. want to buy the games and and, and a lot platforming of too now that i think about it like yeah if if visual novels were readily available on like your phone i'm sure way more people would you know be that's into a good them. idea yeah right that's a damn good idea <laughs> You put visual novels on your phone. Now it's like, oh, I don't want to sit in front of my computer and dedicate this whole piece of computing technology to just running a text-based, you know, image like slideshow. Yeah. Or, or like, I'm gonna sit in front of my Xbox, this you know, 4K TV, and read a book. Like that's kind of <laughs> tough to sell. Yeah. Um, can I just, you know, you have a lot of very clever wordplay and i would like to share oh, one of no. my personal favorite bits of lines with you guys oh god here we go all right this is from the hastic song bebop oh no <laughs> featuring mere blackwell it actually released somewhat recently so i just want to say in the deadpool you get posted on that kill chart Man was playing a lot of Fortnite at the time. <laughs> Tokyo Drift with a manji on the whip. You gotta be careful about that in America. Fuck revenge. I'm sliding on your bitch. TMZ posting her. Yeah, she's slobbing on my dick. And she do it for the gram. And I am not talking flicks. Fiend out, cutting coke, call her Charlotte when she hit. But I aim not no Tamori. I won't stop her till she lit. Stick came straight from Virgil, but it's one piece with the tits. I did, love that line. Did you did you just did you do all that for that last line? Yeah, I did. I just, I just wanted to talk a little bit about like just, your your lyrical, like kind of your lyrical process in general. So I was looking stuff and I was like, man, I forgot how good that line is. <laughs> So can you kind of take us through uh, the like not necessarily bebop, <laughs> not necessarily the construction of that verse, but just like what do you kind of look for in a verse? What what kind what balance are you trying to seek here? Because obviously, you know, you go for a bit of the like you like you want to have those witty lines in there, as well as like I feel like you're also very capable of some extremely introspective uh kind of croonier uh songs whereas you know a lot of people are just focused on making bangers and you know nothing wrong with that either but it's yeah. interesting to see an artist who can do both in the nerdcore community so yeah. like how do you kind of decide basically the question i'm asking is how do you decide where you want to go with the track whether you want it to be like 
introspective or more of like a clever sort of a you know car track or something like that like what is your process for that uh generally it, it just depends on like what i'm having more fun with at the time like the reason i like to do the more introspective stuff and like do that is because i find the process of creating those types of songs more fun than like these are clever lines because you could you know make as many there's hundreds of thousands of millions of things in the world i could relate to a gun you know what i mean or, or whatever like you know there's plenty of flips i could do there but um i don't know it it's a very like one objective thing like oh here's the cool line did that your next cool line did that whereas like what i do when i do introspective tracks is just I, I like to build like stories in my head and stuff when i'm writing it so it's just more fun for me honestly it's uh it's almost like writing a book because i can't write so i i do it through music well you know i can't write music but i'm a <laughs> decent at writing other stuff sometimes so we all got our own skills don't feel bad yeah <laughs> um yeah that's great Sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought there a little no. bit. I was looking at a few more of your other uh, genius results, <laughs> thinking about the legendary Pokemon rap cipher with Cam Steady. <laughs> and uh, you had a really, you had a very deep kind of lyrical, like, reach on that song, from what I understand. You were going really heavy with the metaphor, so yeah. keep up with that. <laughs> um, but talking a little bit like more about you know being able to do both the introspective and just kind of like the you know banger car track party songs stuff like that um is there any sort of i feel like chrissa is also really good about that sort of thing like to mm -hmm. kind of go off what you were saying before about you know there's a million ways you could compare something to a gun I feel like a lot of people, especially people who aren't rapping professionally, mm -hmm. kind of fall into that sort of like hashtag rap sort of trap where it's every single bar you're doing is like, you know, that early 2000s, <laughs> like Lil Wayne, like knockoff Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne yeah. uh, bad childish Gambino sort of like. <laughs> I do my stuff like X comma yeah. or Y and it's yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's just, it's good to see multiple people on that sort of wave, I suppose. And I don't know. Hey. I'm just like with the stuff between, you know, you and what Otaku underground and rumble world and all underworld. The yeah. So they're going to cook you now. <laughs> Oh shit. Okay, we'll edit that out. <laughs> we'll edit uh, that out. <laughs> please don't send the shooters after me. The <laughs> Not the shooters. <laughs> um yeah, sorry. To put some act to be respectful about it, between what you and uh Rumble World and uh Underworld are doing, it's good to see that the future of Nerdcore is in some good hands. And are there any like up and coming uh, nerdcore rappers that kind of haven't blown up yet or aren't necessarily in your 
close circle that you really think more people should be listening to? I think there are people who have potential, but I don't know if right now people should be listening to them. Like, you know, I mean, like, it's like mm-hmm. there, there's some people out there who just like have one thing that like, they're just really bad at, but like everything else is beautiful. Um, so that's my answer. Cause I'm not going to say, names, you don't, you feel yeah, me? no, I get you. you Cause I, 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 I'd rather not, you know, point at everyone, go somewhere and be like, haha, X, Y thinks you're ass. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You feel me? And there's but, also, I, I understand not necessarily wanting to like attach your name to somebody in the group. Yeah, I'm not. With how stuff goes on sometimes. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild few months over there, huh? Yeah. You know, dodging drama is something that you're pretty good at. How do you avoid getting caught up? in the mess that is nerdcore drama nowadays um well luckily for me um i uh i have very normal hobbies you know i like playing video games i like watching youtube so i don't have much shit to do um that could get me in trouble but also on top of that i think just like when people talk about nerdcore i don't care and that's all it is like it's a job for you it's not even that it's a job for me like i like doing it right and like i just i've been on the internet long enough to know like people are going to say whatever they're going to say you know what i mean and that, that's mm-hmm. how i if someone wants to say talk shit you know i let them talk shit and i don't say anything and i keep it pushing um and they're not like, even worth your time just brush them off your shoulder you know it's, they're going to exist and it's just it is what it is yeah yeah You'll get haters no matter what. I think at the end of the day, like it's just to it's best to leave people to their own bullshit if they're gonna do it. Cause like you said, they'll do it anyway. They're just gonna exist anyway. Just ignore them. Uh yeah. So has you know, we're kind of approaching the end of the interview, but there's a segment that I've kind of wanted to start on the podcast. I just have not been able to find a proper way to do it, but I think interviews are a perfect place to do it okay. so i'm gonna start i just want to start or end this rather by asking you the question in your mind has what makes a manga or an anime a 10 and give me your example of your like ideal 10 oh man it, i think the thing that makes anime or uh, a manga or any sort of you know, visual format or any media really attend is it, if I step away and I'm like, wow, what a what an abstract way at looking at something that like in my daily life I deal with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Evangelion is like the end of Evangelion. It's like one of my favorite anime movies, and it's like the it's a very it's about mechs and angels and all this other shit but like at the end of the day it's about like insecurities and like you know things that on a daily basis we as people go through and and it and it it's such an interesting way to give a take you know what i mean and so my ideal 10 i mean it's hard because i feel like i it's just there's so many things in life that I didn't know I needed abstracted right that I I learned through anime right like whether or not it's 
you know, my own insecurities and, you know, dealing with, um, you know, depression or like, you know, just artistry in general. Like I love watching anime about music like D4 DJ or your boy Kongmin because I, I relate to that, you know, artistry come up story. So yeah, I guess the ideal 10 would be uh, an anime that, that shows that's a long running anime like not like a 12 episode or 24 like four seasons minimum about like somebody just becoming like not even famous you know like a, a famous mainstream rapper but like a a youtube rap celebrity or some shit like that who so you like, want almost like atlanta but an anime it, but an and you know what that's it right there atlanta and anime give me that atlanta would, the anime that would be really dope actually i think that would like. be super cool we need more slice of lifes that go in like that sort of direction i yeah. feel we i do. don't need i less cute girls baking things or whatever <laughs> please or go like not that there's anything wrong with cute girls doing things shows yeah. but i don't know some variety Maybe and, I just it, need to watch more Slice of Life too. Maybe I could be completely wrong here, you know. Maybe, but you know, if if not, work on it. Because if not, every you know, you don't have to have one every season. But it'd be super funny to see Nanan Biori next to like Atlanta the anime. Yeah, that'd be dope, actually. <laughs> and for the people at home, is there any uh, manga that you would personally give a ten yourself? Besides, like the classics like you know berserk is a 10 for most people obviously yeah i'm, I'm sure you would say the same thing yeah uh berserk is a, a 10 obviously um i'm really really liking world trigger if you haven't started it i think it's great it's I told you i would start it in time for this interview and i still have not that, I'm that's a filthy liar. <laughs> uh rosario vampire 2 specifically the first part's eh but two is gangsta uh and uh gotcha akuda right now it has not missed i can't lie I'm just, I'm just saying it's pretty early but it hasn't missed yet that's what like 22 chapters or something like that right I, now i think it's more than that i think it's like 24 25 okay that's still not bad though yeah awesome well as you know it has been a fantastic interview thank you so much for being the first person that we have ever had the inaugural interview for the manga melee podcast you know, if you want to go ahead and plug your socials and your uh, music and tell people where they can find that stuff at, go ahead. Yeah, I'm uh, just at Hayes Walking on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitch hashtag, YouTube is hashtag, uh, Spotify hashtag. It's hashtag everywhere. And the only two places that it's not are Twitter and Instagram where it's Hayes Walking. Uh, and that's where you can find me. That's actually Awesome. Do you have anything that you're planning on doing in the near future, like any streams or anything where the people might be able to find you? So I was thinking I would start streaming. It's a just chatting stream while I read One Piece so people can watch me read One Piece and make sure I I'm actually would, doing I will be there for that if you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I might be doing those. Stay on the lookout. I'll keep awesome. the Twitter updated. You know, uh, we can talk about this some more off stream because or off air because that sounds like something I would actually be interested in getting involved in as someone who okay. also needs to catch up with One Piece. <laughs> and you know, if I do that, then the One Piece fans can't cook me for just they starting in the final arc. They can't. But everybody, that has been the first interview for the Manga Melee podcast. Once again, you can find Hastic at Hayes Walking on Twitter and Instagram at Hastic everywhere else, especially where you can find music and on YouTube. If you want to find us, 
You can find us uh, uh, at Manga Melee Pod on Twitter. You can find me at Shard Based on Instagram and Twitter as well. That's Shard like a shard of glass and based as in Lil Be the Base God. We have a new episode coming out this week as well with the usual crew where we'll be discussing, you know, Oricon charts, news, stuff we've been reading, the typical stuff. But we might also have a surprise thing. So, you know, tune in for that. And that'll be it for us today. Like I said, tune in soon. Peace.